Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. People need to understand this is not a typical downturn. At a certain point, we will get the spread of the virus under control, and at that time, confidence will return. Now, your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. I'm not going to do anything rash or hastily. I don't do that. But the country wants to get back to work. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 Studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Okay, listeners, we're back. The second hour, we covered just about everything we could with COVID and how it leads into some new ways of thinking, moving out of urban areas into suburban areas. But we didn't cover everything with regards to the statistics we like to share on the show, right, Jay? We still got a couple more to go. Yeah, I was... A couple side dishes. Yeah, little pieces, I thought... um just because we've talked about this at each of these COVID episodes we've done, um, trying to figure out. And again, like we were talking about earlier, the economic data that felt like we got some good news and it's the signal of the turnaround. Now you have to take this with kind of a grain of salt, right? Because here's the headline. Uh, we'll fill in the story in a second here. Here's the headlines. The share of loans and forbearance now stands at its lowest level in over two months. Great, right? That was from last month. So shouldn't we expect this to pop back up now that we're like closing people's businesses back down? Yes, but it's not all bad news. I think I think what you can really take away from this reopening effort is how quickly um, the economy can potentially rebound, how, um, how people are so very eager to get out and resume normal activity and normal mm-hmm. life stuff, normal shopping habits, normal socializing habits, normal restaurant, you know, all those experiences that we kind of took for granted that we thought we'd always be able to do that we're not able to do right now. People are eager to do them again as soon as they're given the green light. I think most people, you know, while it's not ideal, are willing to follow the rules, willing to do what they need to do to stay healthy and safe. Um, but as soon as things are deemed to be healthy and safe again, I think you have, you you just got a sneak preview of how quickly our economy can pick right back up. Well, and here's the other part of it too, is um, for those that got lax, you know, like you were, so you're good Monday through Friday. You're working from home. You're being a good boy, following all the rules, being careful at the grocery store. You're wearing your mask, doing your hand sanitizer. And then on Sunday, you're having a barbecue with 40 of your closest friends. And you're playing beer pong. You're playing beer pong. You're drinking and close talking, whatever. Point is, though, is that now we got a little glimpse, too, of like, okay, crap. We, We probably all did get a little comfortable. We finally, like the government, let us have our little bit of um, slack in the rope, and we we more or less moved too fast, possibly, and you know we tried to take the rope and be a cowboy. Yeah, hung ourselves, <laughs> and so now it's like, okay, well, we got to go back, cut down these, you know, um, 
And, and, you know, it's the same thing, too. That And I just, um, again, this week I'm reading new things that say this, is that your odds of getting this in passing are very low. Right. You're not going to get this off of, you know, the... Walking by somebody on the street. Yeah, that's or, not, or like pushing the elevator button or, you know, from some quick surface type of thing. Right. What we know about where this spreads easily and well is the people that are spending... Lots of time together in close proximity. Like, say, it's, if you were in a closed room for a couple of hours with a couple of your buddies recording a radio show or something. Right. Talking <laughs> and exhausting maximum amounts of breath. And, um, but no, really, though, uh, yeah, well, it's a um, less than ideal that we're here. In fact, we got to go. Uh, but no, like factories, though, right? Like we saw that, like the meat plants. We, I mean, we we got a really good look at how this thing spreads. And, you know, like this week, I was reading an article about uh, one of those Hawaiian airline um, flight attendants passed away this week. They went to a training where a group of 18 or something people were all together in the like um, – practice fuselage doing their things and going over their things and it turns out that somebody there had covid so then i think it was 18 out of 24 people ended up getting it right but so that's the gig though is that you're there and you're everyone's together and it's for a prolonged period of time and one of the things that happens when everyone's together is then they let their guard down they start standing a little too close they're not wearing their mask they're not you know, sanitizing things that they're sharing and touching. And so I think it should serve as a reminder to everybody too, um, regardless of how serious you think you need to take this thing, just be smart. You know, if you can stand back, stand back. If you can put a mask on, put a mask on. If you've got access to some hand sanitizer, you know, keep your hands clean. If you're sharing tools or implements at work with somebody around you, consider, you know, doing things like washing your hands or using gloves or some way to try to, to limit that. And th that's what our, you know, that's what our economy has to sort out. And you're right though, Dan, that's a brilliant way to look at it. We got a good look at how quick we can recover, how fast we can reopen and also how we adapted too. Well, it was the big question was how quickly are Americans going to want to get back out to the movies and get back out into the restaurants. And we kind of saw that they're eager. People want to get back out there. I mean, maybe we only saw a little bit of it. We didn't get the full picture, but we see what a, a reopening will look like likely on the second go around too. I think another way, I guess, of making the same point is that I, I really don't see anything that is really detrimental to our economy that's going to be long lasting as a result of this. I really see this as a short-term episode, relatively short-term episode that it's not fun. It's not ideal, but we're going to get through it. And at the, on the other side of it, it's going to look a lot like life was before we entered it. You know what I, I mean? My concern is that it's just not being talked about because it's not something that people typically share, but the consumer debt percentage is going up because people don't have the income and they're just throwing some things on the card saying, we're going to bounce back. Like your salon owner, Jay, the one that was saying, this is going to be six weeks. What's a $4,000 credit card bill that when now you can just make the minimum payment, right? you know, is going to be adding on top of itself. Yeah. I think consumer debt is so, it was so easy to get before COVID. I mean, they were shoving it down your throat. Why don't you up your credit line? You've been doing great. So 
I just hope that that goes well. And what that will lead to if it is an issue is, you know, just more stress at home, right? Mm-hmm. More, more things to, to pay off more, less liquidity at the household. Maybe the housing payment is not working anymore because you don't have enough income to pay off your mortgage and save. That's what I worry about because the longer we're in this back and forth, back and forth, it's inevitable that that will go up, that consumer debt will go up. You know, I hadn't even contemplated that it was going to be back and forth, back and forth. You th- We're going to do this a bunch of times, aren't we? Oh, no, I, I hope not. <laughs> I got to believe that we learned I, well, you said from earlier. the first shutdown and reopening that we didn't do it right. My wife. Well, we're going to get it right. This so I started ago. shaving my head during COVID because I like you should let me guy shave that your hair. gets a lot of haircuts, right? I like to get my hair cut. Two, three um, weeks. I couldn't get my hair cut. No, nah, usually I'm on like a four-week plan. Yeah, three and a half to four weeks. Yeah. And I make appointments. You know, it's kind Every of a time. regular appointment. Yeah. yeah, I make two or three in the future. And yep. Anyway, I couldn't get my hair cut. Wasn't going to deal with that, so I shaved my head. And it turns out my wife hates it. So as the reopening came, she said, I don't want you to shave your head anymore. So I said, okay, that's fine. And so now I'm at this like ugly phase of like fluffy hair that either needs to be shaved or cut or something. And now the stinking salons closed down again. Um, you gonna let me fade you up? If you think you can, I'll be right there. I faded myself. I flicked a little high on this side this time, but check out this back. It's not too bad. It's actually really good. It's, it's at least. <laughs> I as did good it myself like, in the mirror. I watched two YouTube videos, series. and I was like, "I'm going for it." <laughs> oh, that's a lot of hair coming off. God. <laughs> I mean, worst case. I did a one. I didn't do a zero. Thing, right? I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to not have a guard. But yeah, stop by my house on the way home. <laughs> I'll have to get my stuff. I got it. Okay. I got it all. <laughs> it's gotta be my uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no guarantees if it's not my my equipment. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> But yeah, I hadn't really contemplated the idea that we're going to have this like, um, you know, open, close, open, close thing. I hope not, but maybe so. I mean, maybe that's just how you keep it in check so you don't overflow your hospitals. Cal Look, Poly, they built that big old 900 bed facility at Cal Poly. And when I saw the pictures of it there in the gym and was like, man, I'm pretty stoked that our community was able to put that whole thing yeah, together. Yeah, that was Jordan there. Cunningham and Carbajal that got And then my that. next thought was, I hope to God that was a huge waste of time and money. I do not want to see that thing full of people. Right. Could you imagine? Um, and I can't imagine this. I mean, I think unless you were in New York or Italy or, you know, one World of the places War that's going crazy. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine, though... Nine, if 900 people were like in a facility in slow, you would feel like I can't go anywhere. You know, you'd be starting to contemplate how bad do I need food today? I think I could make it a couple more days. We could ration this camp. Yeah, just a couple more eggs. Just grab a couple more eggs. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, uh, that. I just hope that, and maybe that's how we prevent that from happening, in which case I'm okay with that. That's I why know. I have an ice maker at my house. You know what I mean? If I have ice, I'll be fine. Yeah. I make enough cocktails. <laughs> the ice turns into water. <laughs> yeah. That's who, I, you know, you ever, I live on a cul-de-sac, so we have this ongoing, it's not a joke, but it's like kind of an ongoing narrative. Like, okay, if we have to close down the cul-de-sac, what am I good at? 
<laughs> what, like how am I? And I'm definitely like the Sam Malone. After like five, about five o'clock, everyone would just come to my house. <laughs> hey Mike, yes. put your, Mike, put your cute pants on and make us drinks. <laughs> Why is I gotta be wearing cute pants? Why, why can't I, I just know, have like black pants I'm like pants the on? dude that's gonna get caught being the mechanic or something, and you're over here being the cocktail maker. Right. I get most of my mornings off, you know. <laughs> you got to spend your time practicing a, di- a different skill, maybe. That's, Dan's going to be choice. on the cul-de-sac. Dan's going to be secretary treasurer because yeah. I'm sure there's going to be. I'm going to be farming. I'm going to be head of farming and head of farming. There's going to yeah. be shared expenses and uh, Dan's ledger take for care sure. Of that. That's ledger for sure. Make sure it's all fair. just like the hotel. The little invoice will come under the door. Yep. <laughs> Is it the thirtieth already? <laughs> Two squash and one beet. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so on that um, that forbearance stuff, I think it's interesting just to kind of jump through the numbers here real quick. Um, they said that it's at the the forbearance level is at the lowest level in over two months. Um, mm-hmm. The number of loans now in forbearance it was eight point one eight percent of the total portfolio. It's now seven point eight percent. Are they giving you um, a figure, Jay, on what that is? Is that like it translates million? into three point nine million homeowners are in forbearance plans? Okay, um, and. Yeah, and I saw like the the current delinquency rate. So at any given time, the like delinquency rate of the overall um, mortgage servicing portfolio of the nation somewhere tracks around like two and a half percent. Yeah, Freddie's. right now it's at like seven and a half. So it's high. There are people struggling, and not all those people are in forbearance agreements, obviously. But um, it's just interesting because they've got to. Um, you know, work through this and we're seeing the extensions now. So more people than we thought would do extensions. The CARES Act allowed the, um, these like 90 day forbearances that could be granted incre- incrementally all the way up to a year. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're seeing the first 90 day people renewing um, it, it, I think it's just a reminder that, um, you know, some people weren't able to solve their problems in 90 days and they may need six months to do it. They may need nine months to do it. Um, we don't really know, but, um, in seeing that though, I mean, I, I was reading that. It's like, man, I'm, I'm glad that they got that right this time that during the financial crisis, there was no like system wide plan to, prevent the wheels from coming off and so consequently people just crash and burned everywhere and so at yeah least, and then the loan mod the loan mod sharks came out of nowhere the loan modification right peeps. and yeah and you know it's just that there was no consistency from one bank to the next and i'm sorry mr points we lost your facts or uh, your facts must not have come through and if you don't mind just fill it out again as they played all these games whereas here it's like well you don't need a fax we put if law you're having trouble, sign yeah. this form, and we're going to fix this for you. So, I think less cool. than ten percent is actually very remarkable. It feels that like feels like a, a lot of people of, are holding on and trying to do it. You feels know? like a land of forty million unemployed, um, and you know, I mean, and that's an insane number. That's a really insane number. That's like four times the amount of unemployed we had during the financial crisis. So that's a that's yeah. a really insane number, um, and but this unemployment thing. So now we're getting into some real issues here that I have with the way this is structured. Like you're getting a bonus. You know what I'm talking about? You're being on. You're on unemployment, and you're getting a bonus. 
Yes, and you know what? There, the, I'm reading these stats now that suggest that almost 60% of people that are on unemployment are making more on their unemployment than they made on their job before. Did. And so it's making it hard for those people to come back and or the businesses in That's order just to get them back are having to pay them more. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all of that, That's by exactly the way, right. was set to expire at the end of the week here. And now we're seeing that... You know, we've currently we've got Congress working on a new stimulus plan. Um, but it sounded like unemployment specifically, they were looking to they, they saw the flaw in their unemployment calculations. And now they're looking to they're aiming for a goal of 70 percent of income replacement. Right. Whereas the way it is structured now, where it's your income replacement plus an extra 600 bucks, there are people who are making over 100 percent. Well, yeah. And. I don't know if you guys are aware of this because um, you may not have been on unemployment before, but there's, there's a also lot an of side opportunity work. to not um, withhold the taxes from your unemployment, Correct, um, which could be creating a, a long-term problem for you later, but it also allows you to bring home more money today. Um, and, you know, I... I this is a part people aren't thinking about that problem, Jay. I can, mean, yeah, I no, know, it is but, taxable. Yeah, income. no, I know, but people we, aren't thinking about that problem. I understand, but we could find we could find a, a spot to really dig in and debate here about um, what people need or deserve. But I am struggling to come up with a rational argument as to why you should be able to make more money on unemployment than you made on your job. It's backwards. I think that was a flaw in it's changed that whole thing. They're changing it. Yeah. Well, then they then they came out and said they they came out and said, "All right, go back to work and we'll pay you four fifty a week. We'll bump you up on top of what because they were running into what you're saying. Employers were like, I can't get these employers back. can't get the I rehires. can't get them back to work. Yeah. I got the PPP thing and now, now I got an employee telling me they're making more. Well, yeah. you're as an employer too. You're supposed to turn in your employee that won't come back when their job's made reavailable, but. And there's like this general disdain. For there's a like lot going on right now. Dude. Government and, you know, with people, everybody wants to get theirs, you know, well, I'm going to get paid. And if there, if you can make more money by not going to work, I'm like, I, I was talking, I didn't even tell you this yet, Dan, but you know, we want to hire some people. This is probably a good time to mention this now, folks. We want to hire some people at our company. We're looking for experienced mortgage people. If you've got some experience, call me now. <laughs> if you want to get into the mortgage business, we're trying to hear from you too. I talked with two girls last week that um, they're in their mid-20s and said, hey, come over here. I need some people. You want to know what both of them told me? Hmm. I really like that, but I'm making more money on unemployment than I can um, at your starting hourly wage for that. Because it's an entry level job, really, unless you are already in the business. If you're if you're just showing up over here with no experience whatsoever, and we're going to start you out on the phones, that ain't a twenty an hour gig. But these people are saying they're making twenty bucks an hour on unemployment. I well, I can't compete with the government, so good luck. Yeah. So that's crazy. It is. It's problematic. And it's it's causing, you know, it's causing these unemployment lum numbers to look higher. It's causing frustrations for employers who are trying to rehire people. Yep. It's just it's a mess. It's a mess and it it's you know, I hopefully it'll get figured out here soon with this next round. When when you started talking about the forbearance and the the mortgage delinquencies and stuff, 
you know, hearing just a seven-ish percent delinquency rate, that was interesting because we're having about a tw you know twenty percent of the working population lost their job at least for some portion of time. Um, but it, as I start to rationalize my way through it, I realize most of those jobs that were lost were in service sector. Um, right. A lot of the hospitality stuff, and we only have about a sixty percent home ownership rate in the country. Right, because yeah. if you look, well, that's where I was going to go. If you look at the rental delinquency numbers, those numbers are kind of off the charts. It's like a th I, I read something that about a third of renters are not paying rent or are behind in some way or another. Yeah. So it tells you that that chunk of people, the forty million or so people that lost their jobs or have trouble paying the various bills. The lion's share of those people are renters. I have a That's friend, why you're not seeing worse forbearance. I have numbers. a friend here in San Luis that owns 17 doors, 17 different leases, that, and it's largely Cal Poly students and the like, and we made it at the beginning of this. We were talking about you know, a general fear of people not choosing to not pay their rent or not being able to pay their rent. In either case, same result to the landlord, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so anyways, we've been watching it each month. Um, 100% rent payments, but the the leases are generally for Cal Poly students, and um, which should present a whole new thing now. Like I read an article yesterday about cool. how many students are going to want to pay $40,000 a year to learn virtually. And right. it used to be that that like online college thing was like, yeah, well, that's kind of lame college. Like you're lame if you do online college. And now it's like, well, We're everybody's doing, doing online college. <laughs> yeah. And last I know, last time I filled out my resume for somebody, I said, yes, bachelor's degree. Want to see it? I got one. Uh, I don't think there's a heck of a lot of emphasis on where you got it from. The fact that you have one matters a lot. But so point being though, it may change like and, and again, this is just something we're going to have to figure out how this all works is if you're a college kid going to Cal Poly, hey, you're home now, right? You're at home now because school's out and you're quarantining with your family probably. But come the fall, are you going to come back home for an added rent expense to your family in order to study virtually in the in San Luis or are you going to stay put? Right. Um I got to, I mean, if I'm just thinking of me, my kids aren't college yet, but if my kid was like, Hey, I'm going back up to slow to be in the party house with all the buddies and I need you to pay the rent so I can study on the computer. I'm going to respond with you are freaking crazy. You will do computer work from the back room and I'm saving my 1500 bucks a month on your share of the overpriced rent. Um, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, and by the way, we're only a few weeks away from that, right? As we're nearing the end of July. Mm -hmm. yeah. So be interesting just to see what the future holds for all of us. I'm going to go ahead and do the first commercial break here of hour number two. So we'll be out for just a couple of minutes here. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. It's time to make a change. Get lean and efficient in time for summer with Kennedy Club Fitness and AM Sun Solar. Schedule your free consultation with AM Sun Solar and you could win a one-year membership to Kennedy Club Fitness. That's right. Get entered to win a one-year membership with Kennedy Club Fitness when you schedule your free solar consultation with AM Sun Solar today. AM Sun Solar is your local solar company providing exceptional service since 2001. Call us at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3283. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We're using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 32. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from, but with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley & Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust, Blakesley & Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley & Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Loan. Experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC yeah, News Talk 920 like and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, I feel like we've been, we just talked about COVID. I feel like we just live COVID now. Yeah, as as we were threatening earlier, I um, wanted to talk about housing. Um, this this kind of fits a little bit into what we were talking about in the first hour, but um, here's a headline. I'm liking headlines right now, I guess. Existing home sales took... Um, one of the biggest month over month jumps in over 20 years. Yep. That's, That's pretty awesome. wild. Um, and by the way, 
everything in the in the housing business. Okay, I shouldn't say everything, but but housing seems like it's just pretty hunky dory, right? Like it's not. Granted, you have like some of those mortgages are in delinquency. There's some rent not being paid. Yeah, but the new revenue derived from the housing industry, like that's ongoing, is it's, going great. We're talking about appraisers being busy, escrow being busy, we're being busy. I haven't slept in four days. We got real estate agents that are making offers on top of offers, you know? Yeah. Open houses and stuff like that. Sure, those aren't the same. From May to June, existing home sales jumped 20.7%. Um, the annual rate then comes out at 4.72 million um, units, which is um, pretty good. Now, you would probably kind of expect that from May to June as we like get through that initial period into, all right, if you've got real estate to sell, now go ahead and sell it. Um, but, you know, from... Where we were in February before the statewide lockdowns happened um, for, I mean, at, I don't think 100% of the states in the country ended up in a lockdown, right? But it had to have been 40. Yeah, I want 40 states? Yeah. Or four, no, I, I want to say it was more like 50% of the states. Was it? Yeah, okay. I don't, yeah, I think about half did and half didn't. But you know the ones that didn't weren't the ones that were yeah yeah when you're out in Wyoming so anyways, you're already social distancing your social distance is a way of life <laughs> yeah right that's why I live in Wyoming thanks yeah. government sounds like a bad problems you guys have on the subway right <laughs> I'm gonna go train my falcon how to fly can you get this from a moose yeah <laughs> well like you're saying there's people have plenty of time to find all the dissatisfiers with their current home yeah. so they're so the, they're out there ready to transact so yeah. even though May to June was up almost 21%. Um, from February, the um, existing homes for the month of June were 18% below the level that they were in February. And compared to a year ago, from June of last year to June of this year, down 11.3%. I think I would have expected them to be down a little bit lower from that. But guys, here's where the rubber meets the road on this like existing home sales thing. This is the supply and demand function of real estate, which has a direct correlation into home values. Yep. Right. So with this reduced volume of homes available for sale, we're just seeing lower, um, lower, opportunities for people to buy which means they're doing things like overpaying for homes like yep. i was describing yep. earlier with you know first time home buyer that's running into 12 offers on a day one and eight offers the next day on another day one and then ultimately you know getting frustrated with trying to write an offer on a house you haven't yet been inside of that's what's hard. nice about it though is it the the market is supporting this increase in price i mean when you have multiple counter offers like you said jay that the appraisers, that's the first thing they see. Oh, three people wanted to bid on it at this price. So I got to believe it's in the price range. Yeah. Let's go find the other comps. Oh, looks like this one also had multiple. I have a transaction offers. down in Temecula right now where um, these buyers, they wanted to buy a house that was listed for, uh, I think it was listed for 480 It took 490 to get it. And the listing agent called me up and she said, hey, I don't know what we're going to do here, but... No comps. There's no comps for this house. It's the nicest house in the neighborhood. It's the biggest house in the neighborhood. It's got the nicest upgrades. It's a beautiful home. And 
the reason it's really like we're hitting a raw nerve with these guys is that they had just had an escrow blow up on day 25 because the appraisal took 21 days to come in and um, it came in for 470. And what was your down? What does your borrower have down? This wasn't my borrower. This the was another one. transaction. Yeah. My new borrower only has 10% down. So a mm. little bit of room, but not a lot. Right. And was really reluctant. She she wanted us to do this deal with no appraisal contingency. And so I said, well, uh-huh. look, that's not a realistic thing for my yeah. client. It's going to be tied to an appraisal. And secondly, um, appraising homes is as much of a an art as it is a science. You know, it's, it's as no it is a guarantee science. Yeah. it's going to come in short. It could surprise us all and come in at value. Um, but so one of the things in order to get them all comfortable, cause they weren't willing to do it. I said, well, how about this? Do a 10 day appraisal contingency. Then we'll order it on a rush. We Great won't idea. tie you up for three weeks. My clients really want your house. Let's yep. figure out how to get this thing together. Um, and anyhow to my, I mean, I'm half shocked. What was the price of the appraisal? 490 sales price came in right at it. And I looked at the appraisal thinking, um, and by it, by the way, it's ordered through an appraisal management company. Sure, we give them a copy of the contract. They don't really know what you know what the problem is, but this is the difference between two appraisals. The first appraiser looked at the deal, knew that there was a lot of interest and excitement about it, picked some comps out, and said. Yeah, this is the best it's going to be. He appraised it for like 470. The buyers were at 490 and they couldn't come together. Seller dug his heels in and said, absolutely not. You'll pay the difference or I won't sell. And, but so then on this deal that we got into the, and the agent told me that she was very transparent. And I said, well, you know, if the house appraises for 470, my client's probably not going to pay you guys the $20,000 in cash either. But, you know, maybe it comes in somewhere in the middle. Maybe even it comes in at value. Everybody understands the precarious place that this is in. But the best we can do is order an appraisal and see what happens. And man, it turns out it came in right at value. And I looked at the comps and the comps were like, I mean, they were fine. They were... Um, Anything introduced that had sold between the first appraisal and the second appraisal yes so there you go yeah new that information helped that helped change the available information yeah and interestingly enough i have another deal that's down in the same general area it's actually in wildemar um for some clients that bought they put five percent down on a new construction home um for like 445 i think right um was a about two years ago, almost to the day two years ago. And rates are to the point now where I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, just based on what's been going on in the market, I think that you probably have another 5% equity, I think, over two years in California. That seems reasonable, right? So your mortgage insurance is going to be based on 10% equity instead of five. So it should be better. Interest rates are lower. It should save you some money. What do you think? And they said, oh, yeah, that's great. So we ordered an appraisal, and this home is two years old. And there was the youngest house on this appraisal was 16 years old from, you know, others were 18 and 20 years old. And there was some adjustment made for the age, but just didn't tell a great story. And to me, it really meant that the problem was that there wasn't, 
recent comps in that neighborhood because it's a new neighborhood. So there, nobody had sold, you know? Yeah. So anyhow, um, the appraisal ended up coming in at 440. So it was $5,000 less than they had paid for this house two years ago because it was being comped to stuff a mile and a half away that was 20 years old. And you could tell from the pictures it didn't feel right. Those didn't feel like the same house. I went on, you know, and figured out that there's a listing on their street that came on since the appraisal happened. And in their neighborhood, this house, which was the model match to theirs, was listed for five fifty. Whoa. So I have my, well, that's a really big difference. That's $105,000 more. Yeah. So I called the listing agent to the house and she said, oh, we're getting great activity. And I said, do you mind if I call you in a week and find out if you're under escrow? And she said, sure. So I called her up in a week and I said, you guys get in contract? She said, yeah, we got in contract at 530. So I'm like, that's fantastic. When is your close date? And she says, it's August 5th. And I said, perfect. So I call my clients back and I say, hey, I'm going to order a new appraisal on August 6th where we're going to have this fresh um, comp in your neighborhood that's the model match to your house, evidencing that it's values more. And um, so it, it can make such a big difference from one report to the next. But I think also working with people that um, care about the outcome and also know what they're doing, you know. And those are the kind of things I think when you're doing like an online loan with somebody that just doesn't really care. Do you have a loan officer getting paid hourly that is like caring like that and going and trying to lobby for you with a listing agent or calling and trying to figure out if there's a comp on your road that, um, you know, it needs to close and all those kind. I don't think you're getting that kind of service out of the big banks. I hope so, but I don't think so. This valuation, this appraisal topic here is interesting to me. It reminds me of the rapid appreciation phase of the recovery yes. um, that we saw in 2008, 2009, 2010. Hard to keep up. And I wouldn't necessarily say that we're in a rapid appreciation market today, but like 2008, we're in a highly competitive market where people are coming together on the same property and bidding against each other. So... I don't know that it 100% fits the definition of a willing buyer and a willing seller. I mean, yeah, the buyer's <laughs> willing, but they're kind of being coerced into maybe paying more than they're comfortable with just because they're in this competitive situation. And, and with some people, that desire to win just kind of takes over rational thought. Or like Jay said earlier, that chick that lost two transactions, she's not going to lose again. Right. But psychologically, now we're about what I see, though, is less about the ego part of it and more about like... You just get swept up. If if this is constantly just slipping through my fingers and it's just going from bad to worse, in another six months, these homes are going to be worth ten or $15,000 more. And I don't want to be there right. any more than I want to be here. So I just need to win today and be done with this because it's hard. And when you're in those highly competitive situations where maybe you're stretching a little more than you normally would, it makes the appraiser's job really hard because sometimes those prices can get ahead of the general market and they have sure. to look to the general market to find those comparable sales. Yep. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's the predicament you're in and you run into those risks where sometimes a purchase appraisal doesn't I come in. Two it's more, rare, two more things about this topic that I think are really relevant. Number one is that listing agent on that home in Temecula. One of the things she said to me is she was concerned about time. She didn't want to get strung out for 30 days or whatever. And she said, well, none of the lenders down here can close a loan in less than 60 days. 
So I said, you know, we're, I understand that you don't know me from Adam because I'm not in your market, but we close purchase transactions in 30 days, like clockwork. All day. That's not a trouble yeah. for it's me. It's like blocking and tackling. I'm trust. proud of it. And I know I'll just have to prove it to you, but I could give you references. If you need to call the last five listing agents on my deals, they'll tell you, you don't need to worry about this. And, yeah. you know, and then secondly, um, so you're talking about time to close, not just time for the appraisal. Yeah, just, but just to, to be able to get done swiftly, but also we were able to do, and this is one of the things I was explaining to her, is I said, well, give us a 10-day appraisal contingency. Yep. And she said, well, how can you do that? And I said, well, look, my company, loan application on day one, if they sign it on day one, I can order the appraisal on day one. Yep. The law gives us three days to disclose a loan. And so these big banks are at three days. You're yep. getting your disclosures on hour 71. Right. And then it goes into the next step of getting DocuSign and coming back and then going into the appraisal order department. Appraisal de order department in my company is my wife. We're on it. We're going to get this thing ordered up quick. Yep. And we're going to order it with a rush and we're going to make it happen. So, where our competitors are on day five to make something happen, we literally could be on day one. Um, and so, and we just can shave yep. off time on those things in different pieces. Yep. So that's the, the other point I want to say is that, um, now one of my favorite real estate agents here locally that refers me a lot, asked me for a pre-approval letter this morning and said, can you close in 21 days? And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I'm just looking for a way to make us more attractive. And I said, in this market, 30 days is plenty attractive. And I can't, there's not enough six packs for me to buy my poor staff right now. That's like, that is in big trouble. We save the 21 dayers for like saving someone's bacon. You're, you're right. on, you know, you're on day 10 with Quicken when the wheels come off and now you need Central Coast Lending to save you. We'll commit to trying to get this thing across the finish line in 21 days but we're not making any friends with staff or if you were a flavor of ice cream it'd be vanilla because you got two w-2s and paychecks and you're super simple and you got 30 percent <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so you, you know, know i wanted to say really quick wait we're going we're, to break we're, we're, it's always when like, i'm talking no you'll you'll get the floor <laughs> as soon as we come back we're like four minutes over um don't forget mike you started this that hour. is correct you're <laughs> gonna get correct. the floor as soon as we come you're back right. thank you dan um, i did lead off we're gonna make it happen though we're gonna get we're gonna and everybody wants to know what you have to say that's so important so um yeah hang on guys we're gonna do the last break of the hour here and we'll be right back with more mortgage matters stay tuned more from the mortgage experts from central coast lending in just seconds thanks for listening to mortgage matters on kvec news talk 920 and fm 96.5 it's time to make a change get lean and efficient in time for summer with kennedy club fitness and am sun solar schedule your free consultation with am sun solar and you could win a one-year membership to kennedy club fitness that's right get entered to win a one-year membership with kennedy club fitness when you schedule your free solar consultation with am sun solar today AM Sun Solar is your local solar company providing exceptional service since 2001. Call us at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low We're the mortgage experts on the 
Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley & Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust, Blakesley & Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley & Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles, member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 503 Mortgage Experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3283. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. All right, welcome back, everyone. And Mike, the floor is yours, my friend. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't want to hurt you the way I did by taking another break right when you were ready to talk. I think it's so important with the appraisal topic that we are sharing with our listeners is that you know it's not always the end of the world if the appraisal comes in lower. Hmm. You're right about that. Because you don't depend. That's why I asked you earlier, how much does your new borrower in this house down in Temecula, the one where it fell out before because the appraisal came in lower, how much do they have down? Because it it only makes, it does affect your loan to value as the buyer, right? The bank's going to say, hey, look, we have to take the lower of the two because it's our collateral. Most Mm -hmm. of the time we own more of it than you do. So just follow the rules. And so, but if you have someone with, you know, 15% down or, 12% 12% down, some vigorous number they've got down. Maybe they're bringing everything they got from the house they just sold. And it misses the mark by 20 grand. Many times we as the lender can still close with the same terms and 
same interest rate pricing. But when we cross over a threshold, a major threshold, like for example, Jay, your clients had 10% down. If they go into only now having seven or 8% down, the mortgage insurance is going to tick up, right? What's odd is that the rate isn't even really ticking up right now between 10 and 5%. Yeah, there's not a big change in the terms of the loan right there with the interest rate or mortgage insurance will change. That'll change. But if you're right at the minimum down payment, that's really not an option. And then some there Correct. are some loan products where they don't want to... And there are some banks that just don't want to let the buyer pay more than what the fair value is on it. Um, but I think it's interesting because if I... It, my, when we're in a transaction, you know, there's a decent chance that we know the seller's agent. There's a better chance On that the we're Coast. familiar with the buyer's agent. That's right. Yeah. There's a better chance we're familiar with our buyer's agent. That may be where we got the referral for the client. Mm-hmm. It also very well could be who we referred the client to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the client themselves, that's our agency relationship, Right. That's the person and the word that gets buzzed around in the financial industry. That's where we have our fiduciary responsibility. That's right. I am concerned at your health in this transaction above all else, above my commission, above the real estate transaction, staying together to make other people happy. I serve you. I work for you. I care only that you get the best of what's going here. Mm -hmm. And, Oftentimes, a slightly low appraisal, and I'll say over my whole career, that one of the ways that um, I've chosen to handle this is it usually creates an opportunity to have a dialogue with my buyer about, hey, look, the appraiser is an independent, neutral third party tasked with valuing it. You had some emotion in your deal. Your agent maybe did, probably didn't, usually wants to serve your interests and doesn't want there to be like missing out. They don't want you to miss it because you came in too low and somebody else beat you. Mm -hmm. The listing agent is serving their seller. They want top dollar for their seller. And they're happy that every frenzy led to them getting more than list price. Or even if it was over, if it was over listed in the first place, it's a $480,000 house by the story of the comps. And they list it for 500,000. And some people come along and offer 500,000. The appraiser comes back and says, time out, everybody. This house is worth 480 all day, every day. I don't care how you slice it. Um, that's an interesting difference of opinion there because it doesn't exactly line up with the definition of fair market value, but the appraiser works for the lender. People forget that. Sure. They work for the lender to give us their best professional and skilled opinion about what the collateral value of this deal is worth so that as we evaluate the characteristics of the loan, the borrower's ability to repay, that we are making this on sound knowledge of the actual value of the collateral. Mm -hmm. That being said, I can tell my client, hey, look, this independent neutral third party valued this at 480. You guys all got swept up and offered 500. Your options are to pay the difference. We set the loan to value based on the lower of the sales price for the appraisal. So you can pay more if you want. It's going to require more cash out of your pocket, you know, whatever. However, the real opportunity here is for us to go back and play hardball is that we are on day 14 and um, you have 
six more, seven more days left in your appraisal contingency. And if they don't come to grips with the fact that their house is worth less than you all had previously agreed to, you now have new information. So you could really stick it to them and attempt to renegotiate now for less. Yep. And you risk losing the deal but on the you know ideal side, you could really stand firm and play a firm poker hand with some confidence, and maybe get this house for four eighty, or better yet, you know, or that's probably best case scenario. The other option sometimes is that after a lot of back and forth and hemming and hawing, maybe the buyer and seller will agree to split it and yep. go to four ninety. Um, or that's where we can get creative too, where you keep it at sales price, but they pay for ten thousand dollars of closing costs. And now you've else. got cash in your pocket. Something you felt like you overpaid for something, but you got ten thousand dollars to put furniture in it now. So there's there just comes you know a time where that there's different ways that that's going to be approached. And again, if you're working with a lender that doesn't have these skills or have this ability to, to guide you through this, you find yourself in a spot where this is where you run aground. These are the kind of calls we get where we do save the day is to have creative solutions and an ability to bring people together and, and just make a, you know, make a deal work um, by helping everyone understand. We're not segmented like a lot of our competition is where the loan officer is just done at the beginning and then they go out and kiss babies and shake hands. I think a lot of our loan officers are connected with the other parts of the process because we all do it all in-house, right? Right. Our processor is in-house. Our underwriter is in-house. Our doctor is in-house. So if we get an appraisal that's not good, we're going to try to all make it work ASAP. And so that helps us as a company have a lot of creative solutions. That's right. And so this is the part of the show where I just want to remind you guys, um, if you're looking for that kind of help, you need to buy a house or, you know, whatever loan service we can help you with, you should call us. One number rings all of our offices. It's 805-543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. And, um, I think maybe subconsciously or psychologically, we didn't tell you guys this again today enough, but um, interest rates are so low. Um, we're pitching rates in the twos now to most people. Um, if you did a loan in March, come back. I want, yeah, I want you to know that rates are silly low and yes, we're very busy. So it's gonna, these refis are now taking us 45 to 60 days to close, which is a little cringy, but our competition is taking 90 to 120 days to close these. So it's going to be long but we're going to lock appropriately and we'll do a great job. We'll communicate well. We're going to be in line for a long time. We're going to get you a deal that's an unbelievably low interest rate, save you so much money. Um, if you're hearing that message, call us this week at 805-543-LOAN or find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Um, we're here to help you guys. I, as I say that, I'm like, oh, I hope 100 people don't call because <laughs> we've been working long, hard hours and our staff is kind of exhausted. But um, we are a for-profit business trying to um, get on the arc, baby. Make it happen. So call us, join us. Thanks much for being with us, guys. We uh, will do our best to bring you a new episode as soon as we can. Until then, please stay safe and healthy.